How do children's authors build strong book businesses and grow their impact? By hanging out with Lori here on The Writer's Way. Welcome back to The Writer's Way podcast, everybody. I'm Lori, of course, and today I'm here talking to a real-life unicorn. Just joking. (laughs) She's like a unicorn. She is a middle-grade chapter book author, and she's killing it. This is Tanya Ellis with me to share the ins, the outs of getting into the library and getting some press and uh, killing it with page reads. Enjoy. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for coming on with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about your books and everything that you've done. You have 11 books out? Yes, I just released my newest book, Sophie Washington Class Retreat, about three weeks ago. So that's my 11th book in my series. Okay, so share with everybody who you are, how you got started, all that kind of stuff, and then we'll dive into your books. Okay, well, I'm a Houston-based children's author. I write middle-grade books, and my books are in a Sophie Washington series, so that's my series, and it's about an 11-year-old girl from the suburbs of Houston, Texas, and all of her adventures. So she does common middle grade things like manage schoolwork, try to fit in with friends, stand up to bullies, handle that first crush. But they have a Texas twist because they're, since they're set in Houston, Texas, they see different things that are unique to my area, like alligators in the neighborhood. They have wild boar. So it shows the life here in Houston. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I was, the book that caught my attention, like, you know, 11, so I didn't look through the descriptions of all of them, but the one that caught my attention was you had a tagline, something like, uh, only losers don't have cell phones. And so my eldest just went into junior high this year. And that was like what I heard, you know, the first day or two of school. So sounds like a really applicable series to to around the 12 year old kind of 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah, it deals with all those little issues that they have and things that we as parents have to deal with, with helping them grow along, grow up and um, move along their little path. Yes. I don't know that I've had a middle grade author on here yet. Um, been doing it for a couple of years, so I apologize if anybody's listening. And, and I have, but I'd love to hear about how it goes for you because I know like just, you know, anecdotally people I've talked to, it's harder or it seems harder for middle grade authors to sell their books to my books. So question. Well, you know, the only books I've written are middle grade. So for me, I mean, um, there are many ups and downs when it comes to marketing, but um, I haven't really felt like I've had any more issues than I've seen picture book authors have. I'm a member of the SCBWI Society of Children's Books Authors and Illustrators. Yep. And when I'm listening to them, I mean, I don't notice any more difficulty for me. Can you explain like the benefits of being a member of that? I've had that question come up a lot. I found it to be really advantageous, especially during this time of COVID, because they've offered all kinds of phenomenal online virtual training events with world-class authors teaching you about craft, marketing, and they even had one self-published author on talking about marketing and even all kinds of wonderful tips. So particularly during this time, I've attended at least 10 online events that have helped me improve. In fact, in the beginning of this, I felt as a lot of us have, you know, how can I even write? I can't do anything. And I tuned into one of their sessions on craft with Kate Messner. 
And it just got me energized and, you know, ready to go. And even meeting in person at the events, they have critique groups, which have really helped me with my writing. You just meet so many contacts and things. So it's been great. I highly recommend that. Is it mostly for traditionally published authors or... There are, it, most, a lot of them are traditionally published, but I still felt welcomed as a self-published author. And even it's gotten me connections with traditionally published authors who I have promoted their work through social media and they've helped me along as well. And right. Okay. Yeah. So I felt them to be welcoming to me. They do, some things do say, you know, this is just for traditionally published, but even when they've had conventions in the air in Texas, they had a booth and they welcomed self-published authors to show their work there as well. Okay. So yeah, so that's okay. Yeah. I felt, I feel comfortable there as a self-published author. My husband's outside the window shoveling. I hope nobody can hear that. Ah, and you know, it's like 85 degrees here in, in Texas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, there's always something, I guess, that it's too hot or it's too cold. We had a big Oh, I can see there. him. I see him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and his giants are out. Yeah. So you had mentioned that your, your books are in libraries. So can you tell us how you got into libraries? Right. It was a process. I am, that's been a dream of mine since I started writing my books. And what I did was during NaNoWriMo a couple of years ago, they had a display case in my local library where they featured some local authors. So I think that kind of got my foot in the door. They had my books on display there. Mm-hmm. And then I've gotten local press and I think that helped. But do you want me to go through the whole process of how I think they were allowed in or? Yeah, sure. I think people are just like you and they want to be in libraries. So, yeah. So what I did, I initially, I've gotten Kirkus reviews for my books. And I think that helps because um, the librarian in my system or the buyer for our library system said that she needed to have some kind of professional reviews attached to the books. So, and I had done that a long time ago. So I had a couple of positive Kirkus reviews for two of my books. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I had local press. My books were featured in the Houston Chronicle and some other newspapers and publications in my area. So I think they were aware of the books. So that helped. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend you get those reviews. Also make sure your books are published through Ingram or Baker and Taylor, because that's where libraries buy from. Oh, okay. Good tip. How did you get into the papers? Did you approach them? I just pitched them. So I sent them press release information about my books because we had a column for books. So I sent emails and press release to that editor. And then after a while, she responded. Oh, nice. And then as I wrote more books, she did a feature on me. I followed her on Twitter. So a lot of this, I'd say, is a process of getting in place. Yeah. And getting to know people and building those relationships almost before you need them, which is hard because you don't know what you're going to need, but start today, right? For the- right. And I, that's very important with marketing for any of, especially with the self-published authors, is building those relationships. Because even as we talked about the SCBWI yeah. membership, that's just building those relationships and it's not going to happen overnight. But as you, they see that you're part of the industry, you know, they'll take you seriously as a self-published author, that you're 
part of that children's book community. Right. And then the opportunities just kind of snowball as time goes on. Oh, that's, I think that's so important to have a network like that. And then that one, it's almost leveling up <laughs> a little bit, but it sounds like. What's your background? Are you a marketer by trade or? Actually, I am. I know you say a lot of the people are teachers. Yeah. Was um, I have an MBA degree, so and with a marketing concentration, so I was in sales and marketing. But I also I'm a mom of three, and I've been a Sunday school teacher, room mom, and always working with children. But I have sales and marketing background, and I also worked as a journalist. Oh, so you've always been a writer. (laughs) Yeah, I've always been a writer. And I wrote for over 10 years for local magazines in my community during freelance writing after I had my kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. So So it was sort of natural to to pitch and you kind of knew who to go after to say and that. That's nice. That's helpful. Yeah, I guess I, because I wrote for newspapers and things. So then I was comfortable approaching them and, and pitching things. Yeah. Initially, that for me, with like reviews and all that, I just was constantly doing that. And then it just grows as time goes on. Right. And you have to do less outreach, do you? Like after you do all right. that, lay all that foundation and then it... Yeah. After a while, it does. Because we all know it's just a lot of work. But And I was fortunate to get some book bub. Most of my book sales are through print books. Okay. Bookbub's got the uh, reviews, so that helped me get a lot of reviews where I don't have to really beg for reviews anymore. Right, right, because that never feels good. So you, yes. both of your sales are paperback, even though it's middle grade. I guess I kind of expected it would be eBooks. They actually, most of my sales, and I listened to one of your recent shows, and they were saying about 80% of theirs were paperbacks, and I find that the same. Yep. That most of mine are paperback sales because parents still, my readers are between eight to 12, and mm-hmm. the sweet spot is kind of third and fourth graders. Oh, so okay. I want them to have that physical book. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And but I have ebook sales overseas. That's oh. been amazing for me because the last, my last sales period in Amazon, I had over like, I don't know, it was page reads. So I had a five-figure month with um, page reads from India. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I'm happy. I do have an Indian character in my books. She's in a couple of them. Yeah. I don't know why they love them, but I'm so happy they do. Yeah. Like, did, were you in Prime there or anything or just Kindle Unlimited, I guess? It was Kindle Unlimited, so they read that, and that's a huge market. That's a huge market, but I've never heard anybody saying that it really, you know, paid off before. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it, I had higher royalties in India than in the United States. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna put an eye on and. <laughs> it makes me wonder sometimes eh? like, did somebody say something or did it just catch on or it's like how do I duplicate that but I do have an Indian character and we have a large Indian community in Houston and I've attended a lot of events with not a lot but a few with some friends who are yep. in, so, so maybe, maybe that has something to do with it I yeah. don't know, but I, I'm grateful for that well and you know I don't know that there's that many East Indian characters in books 
You know, right? Like, have you found, I don't know. I mean, obviously there should be, but. Right, you're right. There probably aren't. In that character, she's in maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. And Houston is a very diverse community. Mm -hmm. It's heard that cities in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, show that diversity in my books. Which is needed, like so needed. And, And I wonder how many middle grade, you know, like the eight to 12 year old range, how many have that diversity? Like that could be a real boon for you because I don't know how many do and it's so important. So come on, everybody. <laughs> come on, everybody. For writing them because I did not see that, you know, oh, that we didn't see that diversity. Yeah. I'm curious if your own children were inspiration for the series. Yes, they actually were. My daughter's name is Sophia and the main character is Sophie. Uh-huh. And I have two sons and Sophie has one brother. So a lot of the little scrapes and things they get into are based on things <laughs> in my own kids. Yes. Okay. And do they like that? Are they happy to sort of be the inspiration? They do. I mean, they have really helped me now. They're older. They're older teens, but oh. They would. I kind of read them to them as bedtime stories, and they give me feedback. And it's still fiction. I mean, it's kind of based on what they're doing. It's not exactly how yeah. things. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, do you have any sort of like I don't want to be offensive, but like marketing flops? So you know, things you tried and they didn't work out. Well, one thing that I wasn't happy about was when I first ventured into Amazon ads. I wasn't watching every day or you need to watch those carefully because I was happy saying, oh yeah, I got all these sales. But then they charged me almost as much as I made, you know, during mm-hmm. the I was not real happy with that. Yeah. That was a big um, disappointment for me at the time that it happened. That I paid closer attention to that. Yeah. Do you still run Amazon ads? Yes, I do. I just watched them more closely because I hadn't, paid attention and there you get charged per click mm-hmm. in some instance there might have been had been a random keyword and i hadn't checked up yeah it charged maybe 20 30 dollars i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> uh do you do facebook ads i do do facebook ads and i know you've talked about that here on, on your show yeah not an expert by any means on those i just kind of run those for visibility and to get people learning more about my books, awareness. Mm-hmm. I think they've been good. I'm not good at tracking those though, but I can see like this summer when there was a big push with the Black Lives Matter movement, I started running a lot more ads and I do think that may have helped. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good track on, you know, how all those do. Well, and I don't know that you can on Facebook because um, you can't really track those links. So you don't, you're never totally sure. <laughs> Right, because a a Facebook rep called me and they were trying to put some little tracker on my website. Oh, the Pixel? Yeah, that Pixel thing, but it didn't really... I still don't understand it, to be honest. I know. It's it's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. (laughs) It's overwhelming because you can go in there and set up an ad, right? And then you try to analyze it. And like I looked at... I took a course even once and honestly, it just made my brain hurt. And then I was like, okay... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not gonna happen do you write full-time now 
I do write pretty much full time. I do have another side business in real estate that I do. I'm like transitioning pretty much to my writing because I really love what I do. So even I times in the evening I'm doing marketing things when we're as a family watching TV or a family movie together. But if people are just gathered together, so I do that. But I enjoy doing it. So I'm happy that I do because it is very time consuming. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't always see the results right away. So it can feel like a drag. So that's great that you do it. I love how you said in the beginning, you know, you had to get up early to, to get the books written. And it was quite early. <laughs> yeah. I, I would get up at like six in the morning, but I'm a morning person and I write best in the mornings. I notice I, because I wake up with ideas so it's better for me when I write in the morning. And that would be quiet. No one would be around. And that was the way that I completed, especially the first books in my series, because I said, I want to get this done. And I had a lot, of, I had other work commitments too. So I didn't have that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just do that to block those hours and have the interrupt, un- un- uninterrupted writing time. So you were just super committed and made it happen. Really? Right. It was like, I just wanted to do this. I said, I want to write my books. If not now, when? And I just committed that time to getting it done. Oh, so important. There's never a perfect time, right? <laughs> like you yeah. just got to do it because it's not when the kids grow up or... Right. And you know something, Lori, that was really interesting. When I first started writing my books, I was grumbling about some other things in my life and job I was doing. And one of my friends said... What about your books? You want to write your books? And she kind of yelled at me and I was mad at her at the time. But now I thank her because it pushed me to go ahead and do what I wanted to do and make my dreams come true. Oh, yay for your friend. We all need yeah. friends like that. A little bit of asking. Oh, sorry. A little bit of butt kicking, right? To, to get us sometimes for some of us that I, some people that have had in the podcast, their spouses. And so it's, it's great that we have support networks. We all need yeah. that. Yeah, I really think I'm grateful for her. Did you name a character after her, maybe? <laughs> no, I had already started writing. That's a good idea. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Some new fantastic character. Has there been anything that you've learned along the way, you know, super surprising that you weren't expecting or? That's a good, uh, I guess the only thing that I've learned is it's a process and you set goals for yourself and you think when I get here and I'm a bestseller, I'm going to be whatever, but it's really kind of up and down, you know, there's highs and lows. So that's so true. Surprise me. Yeah. It's so true. You got to write it out and you might be on a high one week and then a low the next week and you feel yeah. like giving up, but you just, <laughs> yeah, I guess you just got to keep going if you really want to keep doing this. Right. But I've been there too, for sure. Yeah. So where can people find you, Tanya? They can find me on my website at tanyaduncanellis.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A. On Facebook and Instagram at Tanya Ellis Books. And on Twitter at Tanya D. Ellis. Okay, perfect. I know there's going to be a lot of, you know, parents of 8 to 12-year-olds that are going to check this out like I am. Because we need this. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on with me today. 